The Winnipeg Jets, we all know, are thinking about making some roster moves. But surprisingly, according to The Athletic, maybe not all of the guys the Jets were considering moving are actually going to be on their way out over the next few weeks. We'll dive into who stays and who goes on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Subscribing is, of course, always free, but most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code Locked On NHL at checkout for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Now, like I said, uh, obviously Winnipeg um, is is about to make some changes. Right? We know this. The Jets have made it very clear that they're expecting changes. Fans are expecting it. Basically, the whole NHL is very much kind of salivating at the prospect of a couple of major Jets players. And increasingly, we're getting a clearer picture, at least from the local buzz, as to who is going to be on the way out. But interestingly, there was a name that seems like it might be sticking around if the Jets cannot find a new home. And that name kind of caught me off guard because this player has kind of expressed very clearly that the way the Jets are run right now doesn't really float his boat, whether he's put it in, in words or actions We've gotten a good sense of how he feels, but so far, Marat Atesh of The Athletic, who you know has a very good sense of which players are kind of on the move, really believes that Dubois, Wheeler, and Hellebuck are going to have new homes before next season, and that is not that shocking. I think we know that Hellebuck especially is kind of Winnipeg's biggest, I guess, prize pig when it comes to uh, players who really mean something to this team and guys that the Jets... I think would really hate to move on from. But the reality is, Helly has indicated he's not resigning. And why would he? I mean, the Jets have basically uh, gotten themselves stuck in neutral. So this isn't shocking. Uh, Dubois, we know, not really surprising. He wants to go elsewhere. Maybe not Montreal, but another team at least. That's not the Jets. And uh, Wheeler, you know, the, the buyout period kind of opens this coming Friday, which, you know, for the Jets, maybe this is when they... Uh, buy out his contract and essentially send him packing, allowing him to ride into the sunset with, you know, his dignity and legacy still intact. But the name that kind of caught me off guard that might not be on the move is Mark Shifley. And you'll see it in the comments uh, on the on the side. You're not going to be surprised. There's no real big secret here. But I think in terms of what we know about the situation and what the Jets really need to do with all of these players this one really did kind of catch me off guard. I have very much been anticipating um, a clear move away from Shifley for the past, I don't know, a couple of months. I, I've felt even longer than that, perhaps, that when it comes to players the Jets could probably do without, you know, Shifley for me is one of those guys that 
I feel has kind of run his course with this team. Mark, you know, we, we saw a lack of defensive engagement. There are times when he's out there and it just seems like he's sort of coasting along. And I thought, you know, after the first half of last season, the second half was pretty dire. And that to me was Shifley signaling how he really felt about where the Jets were and what he'd been promised. It wasn't clearly um, what he felt he felt he was uh, asked to join and, and certainly not the project that he thought he was signing on for. This Jets team definitely fell apart towards the second half of the season, uh, partly because, you know, while they did play reasonably well at 5v5, they just couldn't score. And that sort of seemingly built up all of this frustration and emotion. But if the Jets are trying to stay competitive, which in my mind is still a huge mistake, then, you know, keeping Shifley makes sense in the sense that the Jets really have to have at least uh, some center coverage the depth down the middle right now is looking pretty dire. And if the Jets are still trying to make the playoffs, the only way that they'd probably be able to do that is to keep at least one of the top competitors that they're, uh, or one of the top um, players that they're looking to trade on the roster. My preference would have been Hellebuck between all of those guys, but Shifley, I guess, is uh, certainly an option. But for me, I just don't really understand the logic in keeping Shifley. At this point, if you're starting to move all of those players, just trade Shifley. I mean, you're at the stage where there's no real benefit in keeping him. If anything, having him stay with this team is kind of insulting in some ways. Um, and also, it just doesn't really help the Jets actually get to a competitive state. Shifley, sure, would be enough to bolster the, the depth down the middle temporarily, but the bigger problems with the rest of the roster and the departure of some of the most important players, including the MVP and goal, kind of sort of knocks down all of the benefits that you would derive from keeping Mark. It just doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand why the Jets would want to go this route. Winnipeg just doesn't really seem to entirely get it in my mind. I don't think that they get what the problem is, what the solution is, and what their future vision is. The Jets just seemingly are stuck in neutral again, and I, I don't get it. We've talked about this team so many times it's very frustrating, and all I can say is, you know, this is part of the reason why, as a fan, I would say the last few years, I've sort of disengaged emotionally from much of the team. I find, you know, my mental health has improved, and I don't really feel angry and annoyed about the team as much. I do kind of question what the Jets are doing, but at this point, you know, all I care about is just seeing some fun goals and some not crappy hockey, because expecting anything more from the Jets right now just doesn't really feel like it's going to leave me satisfied. So I don't know how you feel. Let me know if you're uh, kind of disconnected a bit from the Jets. This was the first season in a while where I was kind of like getting pulled back in, but now I'm starting to feel that separation again. Let me know what your uh, vibes are as we head into next season in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For now, though, I kind of wanted to step away from the Jets and talk about the rest of the league and talk about some of the NHL roster transactions that have been ongoing for the past couple of weeks. Some of these are trades. Some of them are signings. We'll talk about some of the big ones and whether it's really um, a benefit to the team that's making the move or if they really haven't improved at all. We'll dive into all of that in one sec. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite event, whether it's a concert or a sporting event, really shouldn't be a pain in the butt, but we all know that when it comes to 
ticket buying, prices, convenience, and you know, most importantly, uh, the prices, of course, like we just said, that stuff is always a huge hassle. And if you're trying to buy tickets at the last second uh, or find the best deals and prices, you know that there's not many places that are going to give you a fair shake. That's why the GameTime app is awesome, because it gives you flash sales and last-minute tickets and also shows you an in-venue view from where you're sitting so that you know what you're actually buying into. I know a lot of folks would probably hate to go to a Red Sox game and find that they bought the one seat in the whole stadium that's behind a giant column. No one wants to have a really obstructed view, and Game Time doesn't want you to either. They've got plenty of great offers, and they help you avoid having to plan months in advance by offering you the best prices and the best selection of tickets around. And again, it's really convenient. Your tickets are delivered almost instantly. You get images of your seat, like I said before, and uh, we just really love that instant gratification that's convenient, fast, and secure. So Download the GameTime app, create an account, and when you're checking out, use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get $20 off your first uh, first purchase. Terms apply. Again, that's creating an account at GameTime and uh, redeem the promo code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, or thank you so much for re- uh, rejoining as we are talking about a couple of uh, transactions around the NHL. Some of this will involve players. Some might even involve some coaching staff stuff. Let's start off with one of the biggest ones that just broke earlier today. Jesper Brat has re-signed with the New Jersey Devils for eight years at $63 million. So, if you, uh, if you break the AAV down, it's a little bit under $8 million per season. And while some will say that his playoff performance this year was kind of mediocre, the reality with Brat is that he's still like a top 10 wing in the NHL. Maybe even a little bit higher than that. He is one of the elite creators. I'd kind of favorably compare him to like a Willie Nylander or a Nikolai Ehlers. These guys are phenomenal scorers. They're phenomenal creators. And when they're on the ice, they just naturally tilt the offense in the direction of your uh, of your opponents. And that's sort of the caliber of player that I feel Brat really is. He's an amazing force. And while he doesn't have the kind of counting stats that might put him in the echelons of like a David Posternock or something, he's still really, really, really good. And this contract for me feels like it's it's a bit of a, a bargain when you consider how much heavy lifting uh, Brat does for this team. Offensively, he's a dynamite uh, piece of, of skill. He's got great hands, great vision, uh, a pretty nice shot. And his, you know he's in the prime of his career, which is great for the Devils. He's in that age range where he'll fit into their long-term core. He's making a little bit less than Jack Hughes. And again, you know, signing an elite top six wing, uh, you know, for less than eight million a season, I feel like is pretty darn good business. His deal does come with like a no trade clause that becomes a smaller list later in his career. But you know, as it is, I mean, the first four to five years on a full no trade clause, I you can't really argue with it. I think that's sort of the timeline that I had in mind for how long Brat would probably want to be here, anyways. And I think at that point, you know. For five years on, when the core has sort of started to age out in this kind of maybe riding the 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 end of their prime years, 
this is when Brock might need a new challenge elsewhere as the Devils start to kind of rebuild and, and start the cycle over. Not that they're going to be tearing it down and rebuilding in five years, but, you know, that's kind of like the, the, the competitive life cycle of a lot of these cup contenders. And I think the Devils sort of fall into that range. But a very good contract. Uh, certainly now that um, Brock is signed, it might also give us an indication of where Timo Meyer might be thinking his salary should be. I've got Timo at kind of like nine or nine and a half. I think he's worth that. Uh, Bratt's projections were kind of around that region, depending on how much term you offered him. Meyer would get this really just for the skill and, and contributions that he brings alone. He is a phenomenal player, and I'm curious to know if it's going to be the Devils or somebody else who gives him that money. The Devils are also kind of one of those one of those landing spots that makes a lot of sense for Connor Hellebuck. So if they really are loading up and going all in, then I wouldn't be shocked to see them chase Helly very aggressively over the next few weeks. Now, before we take a quick pause, uh, one of the other transactions that I thought would be worth mentioning is actually not a player at all. The Rangers have hired uh, Peter Laviolette as their next head coach. And if you ask me, this just does not really feel like a particularly great move. Laviolette for um, the Predators was a pretty solid coach for many years. You know, he coached... Um, Nashville during some of those really good cup contending windows, but I always felt like there was something slightly missing in his tactical setup because it was so reliant on the back end. And his time with the Capitals recently for me was very underwhelming. Not that all of it was his fault, but I just feel like Laviolette really struggled to improvise. And sometimes when he came up with like new, you know, roster and line combinations, you just sort of looked at the team and you were like, what is going on? This feels very line blundery, very desperate. And so with this new Rangers team, I just don't really know that Laviolette's going to make the most of it. Gallant obviously was not the guy that I think you would really want to put a lot of faith in, but you know, would Laviolette really do that much of a better job? I would hesitate to say yes. I don't feel that he's the right fit for this Rangers team, but maybe his leadership and voice are going to be enough to try and cover some of the tactical shortcomings that he is likely to have. But, uh, yeah, all I know is the Rangers are kind of in a strange spot. I feel like they maybe push, push the envelope a little too quickly for a team that's still kind of rebuilding, um, or at least at the time was. And now, you know, a couple of years after they've really accelerated their window, how much do they have to show for it? And I feel like that is... A, a difficult and not fun question if you're a Rangers fan. But hey, maybe a Laviolette will prove me wrong and be the secret piece that pushes them to a cup win. But my guess is probably not. Now, there's a few more other moves that I think are very interesting and worth shouting out, and we'll talk about those in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are a great pair of pants that help you feel good and look good, they're the only pants that comes with like an interior liner, so you don't even have to worry about having underwear necessarily. This is a great alternative. It saves closet space and money. And best of all, they've got bird dogs for all sorts of styles. They've got stuff like khaki shorts. They've got longer pants that are maybe a little bit dressier, and they fit you just right. And, uh, they, you know, for a lot of you who are kind of worried about, you know, how how is it going to handle sweat and stink? They've got an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that makes you feel cool and makes sure that you don't stink up the joint just like your favorite pair of pants. So if you're ready to get started with a really cool pair of pants that comes in 
a ton of fabulous styles for every occasion. Go to birddogs.com slash NHL for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash NHL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just closing out with a really uh, quick set of final thoughts on some of the roster transactions around the NHL, some very interesting moves over the past couple of weeks, some of them a little bit on the strange side. Uh, one of the biggest ones that kind of came out of nowhere was Ivan Provorov going to um, – the, the Columbus Blue Jackets in a three-way trade that also involved the Philadelphia Flyers and the LA Kings. And this deal, I don't really understand. Uh, on top of a bunch of picks being kind of swapped back and forth, um, the Philadelphia Flyers got Sean Walker and Cal Peterson, which, you know, is, is not really amazing in terms of roster players. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Philadelphia Flyers ended up getting a first round pick out of it, which is pretty decent, and a, a second round pick for the 2024 draft. And I feel like, you know, for for the Blue Jackets, right, this whole trade just doesn't really improve them. I think Provorov is certainly better than some of their current defenders, but in terms of what he's really going to bring on the ice compared to what he was when he was first drafted, I just feel like he's sort of overrated and very expensive. And then the Blue Jackets weren't quite done trying to do this whole blue line makeover. They then added Damon Severson, who they paid a, a third round pick for, and then signed him to a massive eight-year deal at like $50 million, which I guess on paper is not the worst pricing, but like Severson, he's just not the kind of player that I would really chase after for you know close to $5 million a season. I think he's a very solid defender. I think that he's got some really good offensive chops, and there were moments where he looked really, really good for the Devils. But overall, I still have question marks in this game, and he's just not the kind of player that I would have gone um, to, to such great lengths to acquire, especially given that Columbus isn't really a team that is at a stage where they're competing. This team is kind of a rebuilder, a bit of a tanker, and for them to go – after not only Provorov, but also Severson, who, you know, neither of who necessarily moved the needle enough to make them a strong competitor again, I, for the life of me, don't understand it. Uh, it, it just feels like they're really trying to push because they signed Goudreau, and now they kind of realize they still suck, and this is like a desperation thing to fix their back end, but I don't really see that this actually improves the team meaningfully. Now, I also thought it was interesting to see uh, Cole Caulfield sign a massive eight-year, $63 million deal, uh, $63 million deal with the Montreal Canadiens. He was a player that people kind of talked a little bit about when it came to Pierre-Luc Dubois and whether or not uh, Dubois would end up going to Montreal. It kind of depended on how much money was going to be available to resign Dubois, and now Caulfield has kind of earned that huge contract extension, so maybe the Habs aren't as interested in Dubois right now. I think this move happening a couple of weeks ago is is super fun, especially as we're now seeing the broad extension too. They both got paid around the same amount, um, and certainly they have very different you know skill sets and, and tools. But I like the Caulfield extension. I think for for Montreal, it makes sense. It was one of their biggest offseason questions. 
For Jets fans, it might not be as convenient, especially if Montreal is now not as interested in Dubois and isn't as willing to pay up for him, but maybe they surprise us and do it anyways. But let me know what you think about some of these roster moves and whether you think maybe the Columbus Blue Jackets made a huge mistake. Maybe you think the Kings were right to get involved, or maybe you were really impressed with the way the Flyers actually got some decent futures to work with, plus a couple of roster players who might be interesting salvage projects just by getting rid of a player that at this point was overpaid and overhyped. Let me know in the comments below how you feel about all of those roster moves or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's show, though, that is all the time that we have. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. We will see you back here tomorrow with maybe even some more fun off-season transaction analysis.